to take it back, it won't be long, but the, the golf um, started just... What are you playoff brace? Mate, I'm off three or four, but to be br- brutally honest with you, I pro- be, should be off about 15 at the moment, but <laughs> mate, I'm, I'm legless, honestly. I, hit it. I played the other day and I threw my putter in the ocean. It was okay. <laughs> we get to the point. Hi, Legends. Dallas from To The Point Podcast here. Today we sat down with Mr. Brayton Astor. We shared his rugby league journey, transitioning into media, overcoming adversity, and becoming a player agent. I really enjoyed this one, and I hope you do too. Let's get to the point. <laughs> Mr. Brayton Astor. There you go, mate. Not too bad. Thank you for uh, for sharing your time with me. No worries, buddy. It's uh, it's a pleasure to be. <laughs> well, it was quite funny. Fun. Like four years ago, I um I approached you with you know I had that that EMS yeah. device power dot and uh you know you, you gave me some inroads into, into the roosters etc. And uh, yeah, pretty cool. Um, it's 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 an, a nice thing to have a bloke of of kind of your stature and someone who has you know, the social presence that you do, you, you're actually a really, really good bloke and you give a lot of time to people if, if they ask for it. Thanks, mate. No, that's, that means a lot to me. It's, um, you know, I think I always try and give as much as I can. Like, you know, you've got to know me personally, um, so you know the type of person that I am. But, um, you know, I pride myself on that. I always have, um, you know, which is a, it's a refreshing thing for me to hear because, you know, obviously in the industry I've been in for a long time, people don't actually know you as a person they just see you as a as a figure you know you're kind of like a i don't know like you're in a i don't know how to put it but you're not real kind of thing and and and, you know everyone has judgments and all that sort of thing but um it's that's why it's important that for people like you if i talk to whoever it is whoever i come into contact with I, i show respect and i i give as much as i can yeah no no i um i definitely see that and i actually just touched on a point before about uh, a comment that was uh, that was made on a, on a social media platform, yeah. and uh, I went quickly in, in into bat for you. But it is it, you people do perceive um, celebrities yeah. or people with the social status that they don't have a heart, feelings, yeah. or, or or a backstory. They don't realise that you're a son, you're a father. Yeah, I a, think people are easy. It's quick to judge, and I've been guilty of that myself. You know, I learned that sort of early 20s to mid 20s when you're going through as a professional athlete you know people always have an opinion i did too you know like i'd watch a footy game and go oh he's a you know he's hopeless or, <laughs> you know i oh, bullshit he's talking crap oh, fuck <laughs> off you know like honestly you're a, you're a gronk all that sort of stuff yeah yeah and i'm not i'm I, you know so we're all passionate about you know our, our footy teams and and all that and i get that and i was i was there too i'm a bit more hesitant now to judge anyone because I felt I felt the brink of it, you know, and we all do. And and not everyone's going to love you. Not everyone's going to agree with you. Not everyone's going to think you're good at what you do. That's fine. Um, and and people are pretty pretty br- brutal these days. Yeah. Um, which is, you, you just got to understand it and and appreciate it for what it is and whatever. I mean, it's water off a duck's back for me now. Yeah, no, and I guess that's what comes with age and going through life experiences, yeah. going through scrutiny and media and and whatever else. But I, I would like to take it back on that yeah. uh, that rugby league journey and that sporting journey. Um, I remember picking up the Daily Telegraph and, you know, Brayton Astor, the next Brad Fittler. Yeah. How does a kid at yeah. 17, 18 years of age carry that sort of weight going into a rugby league career? I think it, you know, that was probably the worst thing that happened to me. At the time, I thought it was the best thing ever. You know, you're on the back page of the Telegraph, you're about to play first grade. You know, you've dreamt like you know, like yourself. You've dreamt of doing that since you were born. Yep. All of a sudden, you get that opportunity, and you're compared to your hero, which he literally was, Freddie. And you go, "Wow, how good's this? I've made it now." You know, but 
yeah, looking back at it, it's it's a big, big pressure and expectation that I didn't need at that age. It put you straight up on a pedestal. The only way to go is sort of backwards from there. And I, you know, and to be fair, I, and and yeah, people may disagree, but I I delivered too. But you know, like in that first season, I got rookie of the year. You know, we we made it to the to the major uh, semi final. I got I broke my hand, so I couldn't even play in that. But you know, I played out of my ass. You know, so. I, but that was the hardest thing is that you've you've been like you said back page, you, you've you've backed it up and had an, an amazing season. But there's there's only one way you can go from there. And at that age, it's hard to keep going and just um, and stay up there for your whole career. Yeah, hundred percent. And obviously, there's a lot of stuff that you know you get exposed to to money, fame, yeah. fortune. You get exposed to to girls. You get exposed mm, to party. Not life. a bad thing, I suppose. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but but also but also um I you know people have short memories, uh, Dale. It's like you know um and and I don't I'm not the type of guy that blows smoke up my own ass either. Like I know I had some shit years or some averages or whatever. I, I yeah. You know, but yeah, people have very short memories. You know that that, that first season. And there's not many players. And again, I'm not the type of person to, to talk myself up. That first year, there's not many players in that have probably done what I've done in that first year. I was on a kangaroo tour after my first season. I yeah. got rookie of the year, all that. Daly M rookie of the year, Bulldogs rookie of the year, and and you know, in the same year, got the most overrated. It's it's kind of a, you know, it's a bit of a, it was a, a tough pill to swallow, but you know, it's something that I think people just, you know, they, they like to perceive you the way they want to perceive you. Do you think that? Do you think you had a target, and do you think you were an easy target? Because from the outside looking in. You're a good-looking bloke. You play footy very well. Super strong, super athletic. Great tan. Great, <laughs> great, great set of hair. Yeah. Do you think you were just an easy yeah, target I, to get that label? And I kind of put myself in that position, you know, because you know I, I had the girlfriends and all that sort of stuff, and and that was all in the papers. And I grew up in the eastern suburbs, and you know, my uncle was George, and you know, I was living everyone's dream at that time. It was mm. it was my dream. Um, so yeah, you know. I'll be honest, like I look back on it and I was a little, like I was a very confident guy um, and I, I probably come across as arrogant, you know, I think that, you know, I backed myself that, that much that when I sort of made it the first grade and, and took that next step, I didn't, I didn't think it was anything different because I'd done it my whole life in every yeah. grade that I played in. So I didn't, you know, I just kind of, um, you know, I, I, I think at times come across the wrong way. Even I look back at some of the things I would say, and it was very confident and probably bordering arrogance. And I think that put people off a bit, you know, and I understand that. And I look back at it now as a guy who was exposed to the media. I didn't have my dad there. Didn't have kind of um, people that could maybe say, listen, you know what, maybe that doesn't come across the right way. Mm. Maybe explain it this way or that way. And, you know, people just let me do my thing and I did, and I did it. But um, I'd look back at it too and I'd understand why I come across. I was very aggressive on the field in terms of, um, you know, I was always sort of, I, I competed for, for everything. You know, I'd, I'd go to the referee and, you know, I'd, I'd, you know I'd, I'd, people would think I was a, a bit of a winder and I, I did question a lot. And, that, and I can see how I got people off the wrong way because now watching every game and commentating, that pisses me off. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I, I get, I would, I would look at me and go, "These guys are fuckwit." You know, <laughs> yeah. like, I, like, you know, that's. But I, I know, but again, it's it's kind of judging the individual without knowing them. It's just, it was just my competitive man. I, I just had issues with. I hated losing, <laughs> and I still yeah. do. Um, and I took it a bit too far sometimes. But that that was all I was guilty of. But if you think of the nature of the game, and you think of rugby league, and you think about. Um, 
the error that you played in as well. Yeah. I, I don't think you achieve and do what you do without that competitiveness. Yeah. So you kind of bought like Mike Tyson always refers to it. He's like, you have to be borderline like a yeah. fucking sociopath. Yeah. You have to believe your own bullshit yeah. to do what you do and deliver what you deliver. Yeah. Well, you'd see that with all the UFC guys and yeah, that's a different sport and I don't, I'm not, not even <laughs> close to that. But I, no, you're right. Even look at golfers, you know, look at Tiger Woods and, um, you look at Bryson DeChambeau who won last week at the US Open and he hits it 360 um, yards and everyone told him he was a dickhead and he was doing the wrong thing and mate it's not going to help your game and you, know, you shouldn't have put that 10 or 15 kilograms on he's won the US Open yeah. you've got to, there's got to be something about you where you just think you're better than everyone else and, and have that belief and confidence um, you know if, if, if you just like everyone else that's where you'll end up you know and I think if you look at all the the, the, the best athletes in, in the world, there's, there's you know, even Joey and all those guys, mate. Freddie, there was there was just an X factor. Joey still hasn't lost it. Joey's the king, man. <laughs> I love him. Yeah. The legend when the legends were, when the legends of league was on and, and Croc came down, I got to catch up with Croc. Yeah, uh, I ended up at um, I ended up at <laughs> <laughs> the, the, with with Joey and uh, I, I think he, he walked in back into Croc's room and he goes, "Who's this? who's this? that D train bike's a fucking lunatic?" So. Good value, the old Jay, yeah. uh, Joey. Um, well, I guess um, in terms of like, obviously, you know, most people would have a definitely an understanding and idea of, of who you are and, and where you ended up, mm. obviously, in your NRL career. Um, mate, let's take it back. Um, what school did you go to? High school. Uh, high school went to Marcelin College, Randwick, um, which was just, it was a great school. Um, rugby league school, Catholic in uh, Randwick. Yep. Yeah. So how come you didn't end up at like an Endeavour or Matraville Sports High? Yeah, well, or? back then it wasn't, uh, Matto wasn't a sporting no. high school. Um, so, you know, I may have ended up there. I, I was, uh, man, I, I loved it there. I, I you know, I, I played rugby union and, and league at the same time. So, you know, I could do my school footy there with the league and I'd play for Randwick and, and New South Wales and all that and the rugby on, on the Sunday, Saturday, Saturday, yeah. whatever, yeah, yeah. Saturday, Sunday, yeah. each one. Um, yeah, I got I, had, I got offered a um, scholarship at Cranbrook actually for cricket. Wow! Uh, I nearly left. So mate, you're handy with the bat as well. Yeah. <laughs> I, I nearly, you know, I actually, man, I played state cricket and got the best average in the state when I was 15 and that sort of stuff. Wow. Yeah, I nearly I toured England. Actually, I toured England with. Um, Where'd you bat at? I was about three or four, and I, and um, I bowled. Uh, I, I did a bit of bowling as well, but um, I toured England for a couple of months. Uh, with Davey Warner's brother Steve, and Davey was there with us as well. Wow, um, a few years younger than us, but Davey, um, he was a freak even back then. But you know, I loved my cricket, um, but it was just long, and uh, you know, it, I, I kind of enjoyed the footy more, and that's the path I took. What about because um, obviously, you know, you've got a monster, you had a monster of a boot on you, you probably still do now. Um, no. Did you, do you think, <laughs> <laughs> mate? I'll a hamstring, pull, mate. Pull hamstring, <laughs> it's yeah. awful, yeah. yeah. Um, do you feel like that that kicking game, that big kicking game, did come from yeah, the, the rugby? Definitely. Yeah. So because I um I played a lot of rugby, and they had the Gilberts, but which were the bigger ball. Remember they had the bigger ball, Round and they, man, they went yeah. for miles. But you know they, they the rugby union base a lot of their. I mean, it's around skill. It's like you know catch pass, catch pass. That's why my hands were pretty good too. Um, so a lot of work on that, uh, and then the kicking game was was for a five eight fly half was everything in rugby union. If you had a good boot, you were the king. And it's, I remember playing school games and I'd just go, you know, you know, torpy, you know, from your 20, you can kick it out in the full, you know, you could kick it out in the full from your, inside your 20 with rugby. Yeah. And I was just hammering it and the crowd would go mad. I'm thinking, oh, I'm only kicking the fucking ball, like seriously. <laughs> like, because I was a leaguey, I'm yeah, thinking, yeah. what are they, you know, yeah, you'd yeah. make a good tackle and they'd think like the, 
he just you know scored eight tries. It was like what's going? Like it was a different perception the rugby. But you're right. It helped. And then when I got to the league, well, well, I got up the ranks of the league. I had a, I did have a big boot on me, and but you don't use it as much in league as you do in union. Because that was I think Ricky Stewart's big point of difference yes. was his his hands and his, his kicking right. game. And that he was, just dominated. And that was from rugby, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah it's, you, you can see it straight away. It doesn't. I, I'm trying to think. Now, apart from the, the Angus Crichtons and at the moment who have come from rugby, I can't remember too many halves playing both of late. Actually, I've got a young kid on our stables, Lachlan Ilias, who was Australian schoolboys rugby. Yep. And he's he's in the system there at South now. He's got a massive boot yeah, on Yeah, congratulations him. on that signing too. Yeah. Or re-signing him to the club, right? Yeah, we signed him a few weeks ago. Yep. And hopefully, we'll, we've got him in line there behind uh, Reynolds as the next half. So hopefully that comes through. We'll see what happens. Yeah, and this is this is the cool thing about this podcast. Obviously, I want to nerd out a bit with school footy because you're a couple of years yeah. older than me. And yep. I, I, I remember you Where'd you play at? I went to De La Salle Cronulla. Oh, you were there. Yeah, okay. Yeah. yeah. So, and um, and it's kind of like, a, I was always like, that that kid's a freak. Like, he's going to be a, a monster. Yeah, no, yeah. you know, like it was always, there was always, but that there's always a few coming through and there was always a bit of noise about me because of my uncle, you know, yeah. like that, you know, that, that, that's... Cause well, he was how a, come you never ended up at South then? Well, I was, uh, mate, I, so I, I gave up league to play union at 15, I think it was. So I had a season playing union and I was about to get play schoolboys and all that. Um, and then uh, our, the fullback for SG Ball South got injured and Denny Loftus, uh, which was the coach of the SG Ball, he rang me mid-season and goes, mate, and it was a year above me. So it was under 17s or 16s. They said, mate, can you come and play um, the back end of the year? So I thought, you know what, stuff it. I'll go play. And I went and played in that. We ended up winning the comp, SG Ball. Wow. We beat Parramatta in the final, Luke Burton, all those big guns at the time. And I was playing back. That, that's when I was like, okay, this is me. I signed a contract with South. Yep. Then I played, actually, there's a story that I've never told. So when I was six, 16, um, at South, I think Coleman got injured for South. Craig Coleman. And my, it was a, I think he was still playing. Like, it was, <laughs> I, was it Coleman? I've got, I've got a bat, something, I, I don't have the best memory, but uh, who went down? A, a couple of the halves went down for South at the time. And they were going to pick me in the first grade team at 16. Wow. Which would have been... The youngest ever, ever. That, that's not legal anymore. No, you can't. You're going to be 18 now. <laughs> yeah. And there's, there's that drama with Suwali. Yeah. And I wasn't ready for it, but I would have done it, right? Because I was playing, I played a game of Reggie's down in, at Wynn Stadium, actually, against the Dragons. Played with Wes Patton, Andrew Dunham, and all these guys. I was a kid. Um, and I, But my, my uncle, I found out, I didn't know, but my uncle didn't let it happen. But I, I, yeah, it was it was kind of one of those things that what if you know like if I'd played, but um, so he was crazy. a easy little guardian angel. He there. was too smart, you know. Yeah. And that's if I wasn't there when you ready, I was sixteen. <laughs> but but it would have been cool, right? You know, yeah. mate, I think Tugger was coaching. Sorry, I think he was coaching CS. Yeah, he Tugger had some. There was something to do then, and I don't know how. I don't know. It's not a hundred percent, but I remember back in the day, and my mum told me, someone told me close that, that yeah, they wanted to play you, but um, wow. George didn't let it happen. So we've we've gone through school. Um, how did how did how did the Bulldogs get Brayton Astor? Yeah, so when when I was at South, um, I, I was I was tragic South supporter, like I was Burrow styles. <laughs> <laughs> and well, all I, Straight from which the I, I shouldn't admit that, um, but I always wanted to play. Like it was just South. My dad played a game, only one game for South, and he, yeah. he he'd always say to me, "Mate, you, you've done nothing until you play first grade a game." So that was always my goal because he'd always because he'd played the one game. So anyway, um, you know, played, come through the grades, uh, had a good junior. And then they, when they got kicked out of the comp, 98, 99. Um, That's Super League? No, well, it was around that time, yeah. yeah. But, but they, 
they just got kicked out of the comp because of finances and stuff. And George was obviously, my uncle was the president. And he said, mate, listen, you can't stay here because you're a year or two away from first grade and we don't have a first grade team. So you can't stay here, mate, you know? And I'm like, well, okay. And he goes, okay, what do I do? He goes, we got to go somewhere else, obviously, but where do I go? And I remember talking to Arthur Beetson and actually Freddie back at the time. So it was either the Roosters, Melbourne. I went and Chris Anderson took me down to Melbourne for the day. Um, and that was impressive. Like, I was like, wow, this joint's amazing. But c- because my mum was here by herself, I didn't want to leave her. That was the only reason I didn't go to Melbourne at the time. Um, yeah, because I, I would have had to live there at sort of 17 and, and, and leave my mum here, you know, which I didn't want to do. And then um, it was Bulldogs, and Bulldogs were an unbelievable club. So, and George really pushed me to the dogs because he didn't want me. He hated, you know, he had, there was a rivalry with South and the Roosters. Yep. So he didn't want me to go to the Roosters at that age or ever. <laughs> <laughs> so that's how I ended up the dogs, and it was a, an amazing decision there. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and I guess so. You know, we've we've signed for the, we've signed for the dogs, mate. Who's in the stable? You you rock up to your first your first day of training mm, with. Uh, wow. What what are you seeing on the field? Well, the first day of training there, the dogs were renowned for toughness and 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 flogging the shit out of you. Like the the training was uh, nothing I'd ever experienced. No disrespect to South, but it just wasn't. And I got there and I was just out of my league in terms of uh, fitness, not skill. That so. Skill level, I was I had more skill than I don't know if CS did more work with our school skills or not. Or do you think it was the rugby? The rugby maybe it well, could have been it could have been yeah. that as well. Yeah, I'm more focus on that maybe. But um, they were so tough. I mean, like the first gym session, they they have a there was a system there. Gary Carden, um, who uh, Rennie and uh, Matua Mace, Willie Tonga, Sonny, he was like the guy that when you first get to the club, his mission is to break you and he and just make sure that you are, you, you know you're there bit of a statement, like a bulldog statement. So all of us have been through it. All the guys I named, Marco, all of them, Marco Mealy, all of us that went through it when you get there, Jonathan Thurston. So you get there, he takes you in and he breaks you to the point where you're on the ground throwing up and that's his sole goal. Conditioning or? or Conditioning. Yeah. Conditioning. So... Give, give us give us some example. Oh well, you, they, you know, you, you pretty much... Back then you'd do like the rower and you, you'd have to do the... Um, the, was it three thirty on the minute? Does that sound about right? Like, but you'd have to do ten of them or something. Like a ridiculous amount uh, under the box jump, whatever. It was. He would, you'd have like bike rower um, max out on 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 your weights, like a s- sort of super um, set. Yeah. Um, bench squats and until you're just broken, like you. So it, just pure lack. Pure, just, yeah, yeah, just pure lack. Like until you know, you know, when you get that fuzzy feeling in your head, <laughs> there was no system. There wasn't like, do all right. Here's your sets. Here's your mate. He, it was just break you. And then what? The, what? The, what that does, but then and that's why back in the day we were so successful, and the bulldogs were. It'd break you, and you'd be so humbled and go, man, I'm nowhere near this. Like this is, I'm not ready for this shit. You know, you'd go there, walk in there, like you'd walk in there, like you, you know, you're ready for it. And then they'd build you back up. So they'd break you to your lowest point. Then they'd train you. You'd train that hard because you didn't want to be broken again. So they couldn't break you. So all of a sudden, I'd never trained so hard in my life and never been so fit and within a you know three or four month period. And that's why back then, you just on that field, you just knew you were playing the full eight. I remember we'd be behind in games and we wouldn't even be, well, I wouldn't even care. Oh, we're going to win this. And you just, we'd come over the top of sides. Yeah, along that era of the 17 in a row and the 2004 premiership and all those sort of things, it was just a it was a fierce culture that they set there that just had them. It was it was an amazing place to develop as a 
athlete and as a person. Like yeah. they really, they're, they're a great club. They still are. Yeah. So I guess you 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 almost worked from like a, a military style background where it's like, okay, we're going to humble you yeah. and then we're going to rebuild you so that when you're put into a tough situation, you're cool. Exactly. With it. That's yeah. exactly what it was. Yeah. And it, and so smart. Like it, you know, so smart. Like obviously the the dogs have always been a successful club and obviously mm. been at the tail end for for a couple of years yeah. now. Do you think it's because they've lost they've lost that kind of baseline of what they do to players and they come in without yeah. having those key figureheads? You know, I think I don't know because I and I can't I can't say too much because I'm not in the system. So uh, I, you know, it'd be just me throwing you know darts, but <laughs> I don't and I don't want to be that, that guy that people ring up to make stupid quotes about organisations when they got no fucking idea, which happens a lot in our game. Edit that out, John. Please. <laughs> stupid <laughs> question. <laughs> no, 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 no. Honestly, but you know how there's like the renter quote that you go to. Yeah, that's not me. But yeah. um. <laughs> Now, honestly, I think, you know, the, the whole thing about the dogs, what made them so strong was that they they were a family club um, who, you know, you just... Who was your coach there, folks? I had Kev, Kevin Moore had a huge influence on my life. Yep. That, that was Bullfrog's son, Kevy. Yep. And, and um, folks, his brother-in-law. Um, he he was a, a really good mentor for me at the time. And then I had folks here after that who we won the comp with. Yep. But they just looked after their own. They were so tight-knit. Um, the, you know, the coaches were ex-players. The trainers were ex-players. They just knew what the Bulldogs' way was. And it was that DNA. I think when they, they, kinda, uh, when they, when they got Desi on, on board, it looked to take it. It's taken a different route. Like it kind of went a certain way. And, and you know, he brought in his own, you know, sports science, his own trainers, his own everything, which is, you know, that's Desi's way. And that's what most coaches are like now. Trent Barrett is doing the same. Yeah. But what I would, my advice, and not that he needs it, but if I'm looking to a coach now, so that obviously didn't work is what I'm trying to say with Desi. And yep. I think, it, well, they got to a grand final. But what I'm saying is it's kind of took away from that Bulldogs way a little bit. And I think he, you know, he went away from their DNA and, and, and they haven't quite got back there since. And I think that, um, you know, they've got to get more of the old boys in, involved because there's so many legends that have played, even that era that I was in with Mace and Mark O'Meal and Roy Azatasi, Reddy Matua, Pricey. Well, Pricey's yeah. back there. Yeah. Um, Shifty Sherwin, I've noticed, is in the box now with George Arthur, but I don't think he's going to be there with, with Baz. I'm not sure, but what my advice to Baz would be, you've got to get that back because that's, that's what they were so good at, you know, that, that, that family club, that, you know, that love that everyone had for each other, that... You know, and Robbo does it really well at the Roosters, is getting the players to know the history of the club. Yep. Why are they there? What does that jersey mean? Um, who spilled blood before you? You've got to appreciate who's done that. Yeah. So that you go out there and that jersey you put on means everything to you and you know why the fuck you're wearing it. Yeah, you know what I mean? 100%. Um, and, yeah, look, it's, a, it's an awesome story and it's good to hear the passion from a player of what makes a club and what made a successful club because mm. I think a lot of people you know miss out on that and they, they misinterpret that you need to sign big name players to be a successful club where you you don't really need look to look at Melbourne do, yeah you know like you, you do need them yeah. they are essential and the Bulldogs roster is not and no disrespect to the boys there that are there now but I'm a commentator I've got to tell you how I see it their, their roster's not good enough you know that everyone knows yeah. that right and that's they, I think they would know that right so they, they need they need a couple of superstars, and every club does. But you just got to look at the Melbourne system and their setup. It's phenomenal, phenomenal. What they, I mean, look at Nico Hines and Pappenhausen, Billy Slater, you know, Jerome Hughes. They've had four or five fullbacks that you could put in any side, walk up, start anywhere. Yeah. But no one wanted them before 
Melbourne signed them. Yeah. You know what I mean? Now yeah. all of a sudden they're all rock stars. Yeah. You know, Melbourne's Melbourne system's are phenomenal. And they that that's the way that the Bulldogs used to be. It's the way the Roosters are. I mean, yeah. Robbo's a freak. Bellamy's a freak. They get it. Bennett knows that he gets it too. But they, they, these coaches are geniuses for a reason. Yeah, well, I did a, a, a podcast with Dan Hunt last week. Yeah, and, yeah. and um the big thing that, that Dan said, I said, what, what makes Wayne so special? Yeah. And he's like, Wayne's whole goal when he gets to a club is to make not a better player, but a better person. Yes. And when he leaves that organisation or when a player leaves that organisation, yeah. they leave that organisation better that's than what everything. it was before. That's yeah. everything. That's, yeah. it, that's life, mate. You yeah. know, if you, we said at the, the beginning, the opening, if you're a good bloke and you give back and all that, everything happens, mate. Yeah. I believe in karma. I don't believe in much, but I believe in karma. Yeah. And you know, and, and it, yeah, it, it comes back in spades. So you've you've gone through um, school boys. You've you've chosen to go um, down a rugby league path. Um, we've played first grade for the dogs. We've you know got the the, the stature of being the next Brad Fitler. We've won a premiership really quickly in mm. two thousand and four. How old are you at the end of two thousand and four? What twenty two? I think it would have been around that. So, um, so you're twenty two. You've won a premiership. You've you've toured for the, for the Kangaroos. Mm. Did, was that the year Rennie made it as well? No, no, no. Rennie made it a couple of years later. I yeah. toured early. Yeah. Um, he played. I don't know if he was on a tour or not, but he played in a series. I know that. Yeah. But um, I think it was a couple. It would have been around grand final around two thousand four five. Yeah. I've got a bad memory of that. <laughs> <laughs> so what's what's the drive of the wake up in two thousand and five and go again? Yeah. The, well, this is I suppose a real tough period for me because there's not. I think at that stage it was trying to. Uh, I'd done everything, but I wanted to go to that next echelon, you know, um, which I, I think I got in my own way a little bit there, you know. Um, I didn't just let it happen. I overanalyzed and listened to the outside noises too much and questioned myself and, you know, tinkered with my game and and kind of just went through a period that, you know, I'd like to think that I could help others with because it just wasn't, um, you know, it's easy to do. I think it's easy yeah. to do where you just. You don't need to change much, and I, I was, you know, I was doubting myself, and I lost confidence. And I, I say it now often on the coverage with Fox is that with most halves, and I see it with Mitchell Moses a little bit at the moment. It, it, as a half, if you hesitate at all, you miss the jump. Like you could just have, if you don't back yourself, or if there's just an, a split second where you're not sure. Or as a, as a half, that's everything. That's yeah. your game. You know. Well, well I think I like I put a I put halves into almost like um, Formula One drivers. Mm. It's like if you don't have that that split second of how you enter a corner, how you exit a corner yep. with so much power, yep. with what's coming at you, yep. walls, concrete, etc. Yeah, it's the same as a half. Yeah, it, it has to be split second no, you're decisions. Right. Well, yeah. you know, like well, it's in that position, you got to kind of. The, the best halves in, in, the, in the game or, you know, quarterbacks, you know, Formula 1, you kind of got to anticipate it before it happens. Is that, there's a certain anticipation. So that's, that's the advantage of being one of the greats. If you're, not, if you're not anticipating but doubting, mate, you're gone. You're yeah. a second or two too late and it's over. That, that gap that was there is gone. That kick that you were going to put in for a try is gone. You know, that pass to a guy hitting a, 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 a short you know, a short hole or a long hole, yeah. it's gone. You missed it. So you mentioned there was some, some noise off the field. What sort of noise were you getting that started to, to tinker with your brain and, and, and doubt yourself and lose confidence? I mean, I had, I had a heap of noise, you know. Like, I, I was doubted my whole career. It started early on. You know, it started with the overrated stuff. And, you know, that, that whether you try and ignore it or not, it's there, you know. Yeah. And, it's, and you've got to be pretty strong character, I think, to, to not even acknowledge it. Acknowledge it. Um, so when you you, you kind of got your own peers down, you and, and even that, you know, even though I don't. So let's go let's yeah. go back into the rugby league week because 
uh, back in in that, in that day, rugby yeah. league was the bible, right? Yeah. Uh, how many years in a row did you get underrated player? I actually, I, I this is how much I, I let it go. I don't even know, but I, I know I got it a few years in a row, <laughs> and, and it was awful. But at the time, uh, it was awful because you know once you get it, you're labelled forever. Yeah. And I think it's a it was a very uncomfortable question at the time. I got interviewed and I got asked about it, and it's kind of the one like this, and I don't want to answer that. A lot of guys didn't. If you actually looked at the poll, the, the numbers compared to every other section were low. Um, it's you know if and I and I and I say like I get how I was overrated because I was that guy on the back page of the paper. You yeah. know it wasn't Cameron Smith. Yeah. Like I played I played junior kangaroos with Cameron Smith. He was about thirty kilos, right? And he was coming off the bench, and we all looked at this guy and go, "Who is this bloke?" Right? <laughs> but look at him. He's played five hundred twenty whatever it is games. Yeah. You know, I was the one always getting the attention because I was Braith and Astor. George Piggins, South Sydney, Australian schoolboys, next biggest thing. I, I got it my whole life. Yeah. And that transitioned into first grade. So even if I played an average game, I was on the back page of the paper. If, if, we, if we won at the Bulldogs 40, 42-10 and I scored one try... It was an, you know, like that. That was kind of there was a bit of a. So was, there was magnitude across everything, was. whether it was negative or positive. Weather didn't yeah. matter, and yeah. I was always in the in, whether it was good or bad. I was always in the papers, and even, you know, like for what I achieved in the game at whatever period, I was always, you know, getting as much attention as the guys who were the best. Yeah. You know, like the Joeys yeah. and the Freddies and the Lockyers. That yeah. wasn't. I was out of my control. Yeah. But and I, I could understand there's another player who didn't know me from a bar of soap going, fuck man, who is this guy? He, he, he's not even that, you know, he's not as good as what they're saying. Yeah. I get all that. You yeah. know, I, I get it all, but it was out of my control. But in the end, essentially as strong as I think I am um, in the head, mate, you can only take so much. Yeah. yeah and, and, and it affected my game. Yeah, 100%. And look, um, you know, you, you've come into the game as a superstar. You've 100% delivered but there is a bit of a dark shadow and a bit yeah. of a ghost in, in, in the background to that. Yeah. And, and um, you know, you didn't have your hero through, yeah. through your career. Um, there was a, a key age for you at the age of 15 mm. and, and something pretty traumatic yeah. that, that happened to yourself, which a lot of people wouldn't, wouldn't no. know. They, they just know th- this guy who's on the, on the back page yeah. and front page of the Daily Telegraph. Yeah. And, you know, like, and this is where, again, you know, there was this, always the silver spoon, you know, Braith, all this, you know, a bit of privilege there because yeah. I, I don't know if it was just because I grew up in the East or played for the Roosters or Cat, whatever. Yeah, but no, it, my dad committed suicide when I was 15. So one day he goes to work, doesn't come home. Yeah. And, and he, you know, and he was my hero, my best mate, you know. So to, to, to experience that at that age was, was very difficult and, and still not over it today. So, you know, I didn't have that father figure or mentor to, to sort of bounce ideas off or get advice, as I mentioned earlier, about what the right thing or wrong thing was or how to approach a, a game or how to speak to the media or how to, you know, all those things I kind of did on my own. And, yeah. you know, I had my mum there which and she's my rock and she was amazing, but she's also been through hell and back as well. So it was, it's something that, you know, and that pissed me off too, people judging me when they don't, I was thinking, mate, not many people would have went through what I've been through and, Come out and be where I am now. Yeah. You know, I still say that, you know, mum went through breast cancer at a young age, heart attack. Yeah. All that, and I was the only, you know, I was the only one there trying to, you know. So, I've had to deal with all that stuff. I've had a great life, and I had everything. Like, in, like my dad gave me everything. My mum gave me everything. I had the best upbringing. I, there's nothing I could complain about. But to have that kind of happen, and I, you know, until I got to my mid to late thirties, I didn't realise how much of an impact it probably did have on yeah. me. Um, yeah. And it made all that so much harder, you know, yeah. everything. 
even I guess um, you know obviously the downtimes and the confidence etc. But also holding the the premiership trophy, getting your mm. premiership ring, like stuff like that, I guess is um, is something you know a father and son that's, yeah. that's so special and, and kind of to, as I yeah. said had to have that kind of shadow oh, man, and that ghost man. not 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 be there with you. Yeah, it's so emotional. Like you know, I see photos of me crying my eyes out at grand final day. It's like you know it's an empty, it's a great like the best feeling of your life, but an empty one as well. Yeah, you, you, that's all you think about, right? And yeah. but that's just life, man. It happens to a lot. Of, unfortunately, you know I think. You can find a little bit of solace these days, and it's not a good thing, but a lot of people go through it, you know. A lot of parents, well, a lot of people go through cancer and a lot of people commit suicide, and yeah. it's it's kind of a little bit of an epidemic, you know. It's it's, it's not it's not good. 100%, mate. And I guess that's why, um, you know, I know you personally and, mm. and I see how much of an amazing father you are um, to, to, your two go- to your two girls and your little boy. Um, and... It's it's so amazing to watch um, a guy who knows what it's like to not have a father and mm. the father that you are to, yeah. to to your kids. That's 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 amazing for me because, yeah. mate. Unfortunately, I didn't lose my father to suicide. Yeah. I lost my father to drugs. Oh, so sorry, man. I didn't know that. No, no, no. Yeah. He's still alive. I did, he just okay, never, played it, never played it. Never oh, played it. Never played a role in, in my life. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. for me, it's a, it's a special thing. Um, and I know I'll yeah. be a special dad. What makes you strong? Like, me. I mean, like, oh, you, you you're a special person. I wouldn't be. You know, like I've got to know you. Yeah. Um, but it, you're right. What you're saying, and you know that it makes you a different person. Yeah. You know, it makes you stronger. It makes you appreciate things more. And when you're a dad, you'll know that you know you, you treasure those moments. And yep. you couldn't imagine leaving your kids because you know the effect it would have on them. You yeah, know, because we've been through it. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. no, hundred percent, mate. Well, mate, I, I absolutely love the person that you are. You're, as I said before, you 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 do nothing but give. You know, you, you and you and Rach, you know, did that thirty kilometers. Yeah. <laughs> I'm still hurting from that. <laughs> are you still in the Are you still in the doghouse oh. or what? <laughs> I g her up all the time. Yeah. I love taking the piss, but yeah. yeah, she was hating me. But we we got there eventually. Uh, she did well because I was I wanted to actually run it. Like I wouldn't have made it, but just jog it more. And she's like, I want to do it with you. And I'm saying, okay, baby, you know, it's a long way. Yeah, we got like seven. Mate, I was impressed. I thought she was just going to do. <laughs> so was I. The Bondi to Bronte with you, and then you, catch you up and know, go for a coffee. No, nah, she did amazing. I was proud of her because I thought she was no chance. <laughs> to be honest with you, you know, and seven k's in, she was like. Drifting behind, I'm thinking, oh, shit, here we go. And I started t- that's when I started taking the piss a bit on the phone. But, no, she did well. The last five or six Ks was traumatic. But we got so, so give that give that a shout-out, Braith. Give the people a, an understanding of what you what you did and what, yeah. why you did it. Well, yeah, the Prince of Wales Hospital Foundation. So, I mean, they asked me to do it. It was to run 30 or whatever, do 30 Ks in a week, uh, get the family involved and raise money for the frontline workers, um, especially at the moment with COVID, but also... Raise money. The most important thing, I think, is raise money for the hospital so they got the right equipment. And I've got good mates now whose partners are in there for breast cancer. I've got one of my good mates' mum died a couple of weeks ago. Unfortunately, the cancer was up there. Sorry, I got, you know, but I've got lots. You know, I mean, indirectly, it's a local hospital, but it's still a it covers I mean, Prince of Wales, a big hospital. Yeah, like they, they've they've built a new facility up there, but they don't have any equipment to fill the rooms. I'm, don't get me wrong, they've still got enough there, right? But they, they need more. Um, so, you know, having mum go through uh, breast cancer and, um, and a heart attack and being up there, I've been up there a lot. The kids, we've had to take the kids up there heaps of times. Yeah. Unfortunately, it just happens as a parent. So they've asked me to, do, to be the ambassador for that. So Rach awesome. and I thought we'll do something different. Instead of just doing the 30Ks over a week, we'll do it straight, try and get a bit more uh, eyes on it and bring a bit more of emphasis and focus to it. So we did that. Uh, Rachel and I did it last Friday. Um, let me race. I think 
I think it's up around eight k or nine k I've raised, which is good. And they, they've raised the whole. It hasn't finished yet, so it's if you if you if you do listen, it's a p o w h f dot org dot au. If you can donate, thanks for your donation too, Dale. I appreciate no, that. Right, uh, if you can donate, that's great. So, it, and I know it, the hard thing with it for me at the time at this time is it's a hard times. So a lot of people are out of job, don't have money, you know. Yeah. So, and and yeah, and I understand that. And but it was more if you if you've got it, you know, it's going to a good cause, and and it, and, it, and it did. Well, you just never know when it's going to be your mum, your wife, I or your know, kid mate. up there, mate. And unfortunately, and that's, that's it, the it? odds of it happening at some stage throughout your life, mate, unfortunately. Well, especially the climate that we're in, you know, high stress creates yeah. an acidic environment. And an acidic environment, you know, we all know with the body can, yeah. can lead to, to the big C. So, mm. mate, congratulations to both of you on that. Thanks, um, mate. You, you know, you're, you're an amazing person who, who does give back. And, and that's the, um, I guess the one thing that I really want, like, it's kind of a bit of an ego thing for me because I'm like, I want to show you motherfuckers how good of a bloke this guy is because it fucking pisses <laughs> me off. Like it, it actually really does. Like, oh, I appreciate it. Man. Yeah. Um, and uh, as I said, you know, you are, uh, you know, you're an amazing father and obviously you had an amazing rugby league career. How, like you've, you cop so much scrutiny through your, through your rugby league career. And obviously, you know, you're, you're on and off field mm. as well. So off the field, you, yeah. you were still, you're still in the media. Yeah. What made you want to go do a media job? <laughs> yeah. You know, my, I was, uh, I got, I suppose, because I was in front of the camera so much uh, as as a player and being captain and all that, and press con, I got comfortable in front of the camera. And then I thought, what would be the best job? How much is Big Murdoch playing? <laughs> well, mate, I'm not stupid. Yeah, I'm yeah. like, what's going to be the best job? What's the easiest transition? You yeah. know, like yeah. they, they need ex-players and they need guys who know what they're talking about and that can talk fluently and eloquently and all that sort of stuff. So And not bad on the camera either. Good <laughs> yes, looking, so, good looking head. <laughs> so I, you know, so I thought, you know, let's do it. So mid twenties, I'm like, that's my goal. You know, so I, I you know, and, this, and I give it any uh, young footy players who listen to this, you know, you got to think ahead. And that for me was the easiest transition, the smartest transition and longevity. You know, I look at the guy, I look at guys like Gus, you know, who cops a lot of shit. We spoke about that, but I see him as a genius. Uh, Sturlo, I've always loved Sturlo. He's been an, um, a hero of mine. But I'm talking more, because they were a bit before us, right? Like, yeah. I'm talking more as commentators, you know, Brandy, Alexander, these guys, they're guys I look up to. So I wanted to try and aspire to be like these guys, you know. I, I watch, I'd watch a game different to everyone else as a player. I'd, I'd sort of I'd feel myself seeing things and saying things and the commentator would see it and say it the same way. And I thought, you know, maybe I could make this work. So then I got involved. Andy, Andy Raymond actually helped me a lot at the start. He saw something Do you in think me. it's funny that majority of the analysts are all halves? Yeah, no, that's it. You know, because you know why. Wally, Ben Iken, yep. JT, Andrew Johns, yourself. And, you know, and I said it to you earlier because it's the power of seeing or feeling something before it happens, which means that you can say it as it's happening and... And people at home are going, wow, you know, but that's just from natural instincts and being involved in the game and just yeah. having that, that edge, you know. So that's, that's a big thing in commentary, you know. It's, um, uh, and do you, and do you still feel like you, you still have um, a place in the game, like being like you, you get to watch footy, you get to analyse it and you get to, to commentate on it, but do you still feel like because, you know, your Friday nights, you still could, you get to put the suit yeah, of armour on, yeah. you get to, you know, you, get to, you still get to be involved right. as a player but in a different Yeah, team. definitely. It, it, it gets you still involved in the game. Again, a lot of people struggle with the transition, you know, so it keeps me all over it. Um, mate, it's a full-time, like, this is a thing, it's a great gig, but it's, 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 it's not easy, you know. Like, I know maybe it is for some, but <laughs> at the moment with Fox, it's really, mate, we're working long hours and, and 
you know, because we've got the 24-hour channel and we want to show every game live and we've got pre-game, post-game, Super Saturdays, Fridays, post-game, you know, so pretty much, mate, as soon as that first game kicks off, or I would say 12 o'clock um, Thursday, even Wednesday, you're prepping, mate, from Wednesday to Sunday night, man, it's go, 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 go. You just don't stop. How does that impact, I guess, your mental health and also your home life, like being a dad, being That's, being a husband? Mate, like, I have every, I have the same challenge that a lot of guys have, right? You, you, you you know, leaving your, your missus and kids and, and trying to get back and, and, and have that quality time with them. You know, I have that. Um, so I'm no different than anyone else. So Thursday to Sunday, I don't see them. You know, I, I, I try and get to footy on a Sunday morning, Saturday morning, try and get some time there. Um, but realistically, you know, it's go, go, go. They're at school Thursday, Friday. Well, I mean, work by the time they get out. I mean, all of us have that. That's something we all got to deal with. But yeah. Um, yeah, mine's just different. So my, my time for them is Monday, Tuesdays, pretty much. And yeah. Do, does that run like for your like obviously with your media role with Fox? Yeah. Does that run all twelve months or is it seasonality? No, that's with football? another thing. You know, this is the thing, and that's why I started up the, the management uh, company too, because pretty much when the grand final ends, which they, you know, I'm contractually they can use me all year, like through Christmas, but there's no real obligation there. Yeah, I do do a little bit of golf stuff with them so that, but that's not you know there isn't a huge emphasis on the golf there at fox at the moment yeah so december i pretty much get off in january so i mean i get two months off you know like it's not yeah, not bad know, it's good yeah, <laughs> yeah, i'm not yeah. complaining yeah. this year's been a crazy year that's yeah. all this year's been mad like even through the COVID stuff we had our fox league live run man that was our, our hours on end of just talking <laughs> absolute <laughs> rubbish <laughs> We laugh about it now, but some people liked it, I think. <laughs> Jeez, we had to make up some shit. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, well, um, yeah, look, I, I guess, you know, going through a bit of a journey here and obviously, you know, the transition from uh, being a player into media, obviously, because we just touched on it, you've yeah. got that ability to see things and report back on it and something like that. But um, something special that, that means a lot to me is mm. that um, you have actually gone into managing players yeah. uh, the last couple of years. See, see, As have you. Yeah, yeah. So, Siru, um, you, you've looked yeah. after some golfers. Obviously, yeah. golf's a, a passion of yours. Mm. Uh, and now you're transitioning into, into, into the rugby yeah. league, which I think is just absolutely amazing for someone who has gone through your trials and tribulations and gone mm. through what you've gone through to now give back. Uh, and just to give you an understanding of this, yeah. Braith, Braith <laughs> actually gave me guidance and mentorship through me doing my accreditation with the NRL. On paper, our companies directly compete against each mm. other. But, you know, Braith and I have both spoken yeah. that we'd rather work together yeah. and, and help each other out because at the end of the day, what we're doing is we're trying to give back to try and yeah. help these younger guys right. not go through, you well, know, what, what I've gone through or you've yeah. gone through. Well, I wouldn't have helped you if I didn't think you were doing it for the right reason. I think it's, it's kind of that. Me helping you get your accreditation shows that I, I'm doing it for the right reasons. I, you know, the, 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 to take it back, it won't be long, but the, the golf um, started just me mentoring a few golfers. I love it. I've played my whole my Because what life. do you play off, Braith? Mate, I'm off three or four, but to be br- brutally honest with you, I would pro- should be off about 15 at the moment. But, <laughs> mate, I'm, I'm legless, honestly. I, I played the other day and I threw my putter in the ocean. Was like <laughs> <laughs> I was playing with Luke Burgess and a, and a few of the other boys and uh, they will laugh. And he was actually, it was lucky because he was videoing me. I didn't know it. And I had like a six foot putt and I missed it. And he stopped the video just as before I threw the putter in the ocean. So I was glad he didn't get it. He didn't get it. He didn't get it any footage of it. What sort of what sort of putter uh, was it? It's my old trusty putter too. I was filthy. I acted like I didn't care, but I got it. Yeah. Like, Shit! Now you're an idiot. Well, Ping, can you please send Braith Nasser a new putter, please? Yeah. What was yeah. I talking about? I've gone off track here. Um, um, mentor, yeah, so, mentor. Yeah, yeah. So the golf, you know, um, and and the thing with management in with golf in Australia, it, it exists at a very low level because 
you got the big companies like the IMGs and um, over in, in the States and, and over in Europe who kind of wait for that top two or three golfers in the whole of Australia and just snap them up and see you later once they've you know, reached top 10 amateur in the world or whatever. So I kind of thought, well, I'm going to try and help and guide these kids and, these, and pro golfers as well so that they develop here and that there's not just that limited two or three and all that and get some money behind all of them and yep. get a team behind all of them. Anyway, it turned into, you know, within two years we had 14 guy, fourteen pros and a couple of, yeah. you know, I, I mentored a couple of amateur guys. But essentially, you know, I, I always wanted to coach a league and I can't now with the Fox gig and I don't intend to because I just think it's a bit of a conflict myself. It's just something I'm not quite comfortable with. Yep. So I thought that um, the next best thing would be to, to manage these manage um, guys in the, in the rugby league. But, you know, I don't want to be that company who signs up thousands of young kids at the age no. of 13 and 14 and rolls the dice. That's no. not what I'm going to do. Yeah. Uh, and I'm even now, to be honest with you, I've spoken to two or three players in the game. Um, I will slowly get more into it and i've had a lot of parents and young kids contact me like but it's just not i want to see the player i want to know what they're like i want to get to know the guy and 100 i want to treat it totally different 100 um, not not as a transaction you yeah know? well it's quite crazy because i'm um, obviously going through the accreditation and mm, like you know with, with different mass process like, now right yeah mate 100 mm. and, and that's the thing right you know th- there's this you know you got to be at every game and you got to be doing this no, and you, you got to be doing that and it's like well Coming from you know, coming from you were in the system. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. So I, I, like, I know it, and from my perspective, I know that I have a certain skill set with, and I'm gonna, yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna have um, rapport with a certain sort of yeah. player, right? So, yeah. uh, and and I'm, I'm probably, it's probably gonna be the kid who can't afford football yeah. boots, yep. whose kids, whose parents are probably yeah. drug addicts, and yeah. and that, and that's my thing. Yeah. And I'm so lucky. I've got, a, I've got a, you know, my wife is, you yeah. know, my my biggest fan. So yeah. she allows me financially to be able to do that because I want to do this because I want to give back and that's change right. some some kids' life. Yeah. And even from the perspective of like, if I see something where it's not me. I would hundred percent pick up the phone, and go, Brad. Yeah. You need to see this kid. That's it. Do you know what I mean? And I'll and do the same too. But yeah. you know, like you, you, what you spot on the big thing that, that we don't have enough of is honesty and transparency. That's what it's about. Yep. You know, if you're going to be a player agent, you're going to look after these kids. You got to tell them exactly how it is. I, we had uh, Tim Zoo on the back page the other night, and this is the advice I loved hearing it from him at such a young age, and it made me realise why he's so special. So I, I tell all my guys, you know, this advice. So uh, I think it was uh, Skull asked him about his trainer like he's he's um the guy in his corner i don't know i mean i'm not huge into boxing yep. but I, you know i i did watch it and he was unbelievable but he said you know my trainer i've had from day one because there's no shit he tells me exactly what i need to hear not yep. what i want to hear yep. he's not a yes man that yep. was the exact words i'm like mate fucking that is why 100%. you were so good because you need people and i needed it myself i didn't have it there at times yep. you need to be told the truth need to be told if you're doing the wrong thing if you're doing the right thing and that that's the biggest thing that i don't think enough athletes probably get and it comes back to bite you at some stage you well know? you like you know if, if you want to see the the biggest pendulum swing of all time you look at tyson yeah. tyson with customato and without customato yeah, you yeah. know what i mean customato yeah. was that hey well, we're going to play some psychology and some hypnosis yeah. but Hey, hey, Mike, yeah. no fucking going playing over there. Yeah. You need to come back here and check yourself, That's man, it. because you're being a fuckwit. Yeah. yeah. And, and all, we've all got that in us, you know. We've all, we all, we've all got it in us, you know. We just need – and we, you've, you're going you're gonna to step out of line. We all do. You just need that person, that, that one you trust and rely on to pull you back in. Okay, you've had your fun, but let's go. You yeah, know? yeah. And I, and I think that, um, you know, with, with great power comes, you know, even greater responsibility. Yeah. And I think you would be a disservice as a as, as a coach now. I think yeah. right now, like obviously, you, you know, you've got a you're a dad and you've got a 
but I think your mentorship being a player, whether it be to, to any athlete in any sport, mm. I think you have the ability to, because you know all about media, yeah. you know all about what it takes on and off the field. Yeah. I think you know what you're going to give back to these guys is going to give them a, a, such a solid foundation for them to be able yeah. to build on. And, and that's a great thing. Yeah, you, 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 you know, I see too many guys just, you're right, like I mean, in terms of mentoring and, and, and preparing them for everything, I think it's kind of like being there uh their hindsight you know what i mean you, you know what's coming next you, you know what the media are going to respond like you know how you should respond to the media you know who you should and shouldn't listen to you got to set yourself up for life after footy don't be narrow-minded and just look think about i mean we all love to live for today but you gotta yeah. you gotta think about tomorrow you know yeah well that was um that's why i engaged well that's how you know dan and i started really mm. talking like i use dan a lot for, yeah. for my mental health stuff yeah and you know it's like i set up these you know three pillar approaches to mm. make sure that like i've got a financial planner yeah. and, a, and a superannuation specialist mm-hmm. i've got something i've got a sports psychologist yeah but these guys have all been linked to football or yeah. played football or played so sport they know. before. They know so they, you. So they, they know what you've been through. Yeah. <clears throat> exactly, mate. So, and they know what the athlete needs. So my whole philosophy with, mm. with managing, managing athletes, especially rugby league, Brad, yeah. is making sure that it's a good today but a better tomorrow. Yeah, that's spot on. And that's you know, from a full yeah. 360 approach. And, and I think that's what guys like yourself yeah. and I well, can We've really all had it. Back. Like I mean, I've had, the go- the ma- I've had the countless managers come to me throughout my career and go, mate, I've got a Range Rover for you. And Nike here, and I've got. They're going to give you this. They're going to give you that. I've got this. Yeah, sign here. Blah blah. You sign who, it. Who was your manager, Braith? Oh, I just. Uh, man, I had an accountant who helped me. Um, his name's Greg Willett. Now, Greg uh, was good mates with my uncle George okay. uh, back in the day, and he, you know he kind of took that father figure role early doors for me um, with 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 all that stuff, and man, he helped me a lot um, just as an accountant. Like he, and then he became an accredited agent. Only only looked after a few guys. Yeah, he had Craig Gower and, and Lukey Lewis and a few others. Um, yeah, but I, you know, I, you learn a lot along the way. But I'm talking about I had, and I'm not going to name names, but I had a lot of the guys who are still doing it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> come to me with so much rubbish. Yeah. Um, and I think they go and do this to kids and their parents, and they they sell them the fucking world. These these vulnerable, you know. Yeah. Kids yeah. at 13, 14, 15, yeah. and sign them on five year deals. Yeah. Like, can you believe that? Yeah. I just think that's, you know, come on. Well, you know? well I've, um, you know, uh, a good mate of mine, uh, he's um, real close with Brock Lamb. Yeah. Um, and it's quite funny having the conversation. Hope you don't mind me speaking about your Brock. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's he, funny. You look, at, you look at what, um, you know, kind of being put through the system at a young age and, you know, obviously went through, you know, what he went through and, I seen him in February. It was at a lunch actually with MG mm. and, and yeah. Joey up at Newcastle yeah. Legends League that yeah, weekend. Yeah. And mate, he was a he was a dishevelled kid. You know what I mean? Absolutely ch- chewed up and spat out. And then playing at the Pickers this year yeah. in Presidents Cup, playing super well. Yeah. And I just said to him, "Look, mate, let's let's catch up and yeah. have a conversation if if there's an ability to to do yeah. something in the future." And he blatantly said to me, "Look, mate." I'm enjoying being a first-year apprentice as an electrician, and I'm enjoying playing park football yeah. back in my hometown. I'm I'm just happy to be back. And in there's Maitland nothing wrong with that. Hundred you know? percent. That, yeah. That's the thing. Like you, you get that you get to that stage. A lot of players do where they've been through the ringer that much. It's like I want. Qual- He's 23, yeah, but I, I know yeah. it's it's, it's yeah. shit. <laughs> yeah. it's, I don't I don't like it. But yeah. you know what? Like you, you get to that age that you don't actually enjoy or love doing what you've loved doing your whole life. You just gotta you gotta go back and and and. You know, if the simple life is what 
makes you happy. Yeah, that's that's but the I, most important I, I actually thing. like you know as much as you know Brock, Brock's an absolute you know, gun of he's a, a gun, human he's a gun player too. But mate, I, I think that would be a really good connection for you. Yeah, to be honest with you, like when when Brock's time is to, to yeah, go back yeah. into when, that when place, he, mate, I'd love to help him. You yeah. know, like I think. Like that, like even with guys now, I've even helped a few. Ki- I've never, I've been taking a cent off. I've helped two or three guys at the moment with their deals. I haven't taken a cent off them. Hundred percent. I just yeah. go and I go and like a meant like it just makes me feel good, you know. Like I had a young kid at the Dragons, you know. He just I just got him a two year deal. Um, with the he's only 15, uh, 15, 16, 16. I said, mate, and his dad's like, oh, you know what? Because I said, I don't want your money. No. Like, you know, it's no. not about that. You know, no. like if if I can help you play first grade, then we can talk then. You yeah. know, but I want to yeah. try and develop you. Yeah. You know, it's not. I'm not going to get it. What am I going to get out of a kid making a couple of thousand dollars a year? Like, to, to be honest with you, mate, it's like not it, about that. That's why I, like, I originally started this podcast to create community for, you know, to do stuff yeah, like yeah, this. Yeah. But then as it's gone on, I'm like, actually, this is like my passion is to help people. Yeah. But my like the thing that I love about podcasting is I, I love this and it's a passion because yeah. I get to talk about it. But I actually see this as kind of where my revenue generator yeah, yeah. is going to be, so I can do that just for those athletes. One hundred percent right. Yeah. But you know what? Like, even if you end up like if you end up making money off off helping these guys make money, then that's a good way to make 100%. money, right? You know, like yeah. at the, if if you work hard enough and hard enough, and you and you you got relationships with these guys and they become where they want to be because of your help, yeah. then you deserve a piece of that, right? Yeah. So that's what it's about. You yeah. know, it's not it's more, you know, just thinking about the transaction at a young age and just getting as much money as you can in your own account, which is just, it's not going to work for the relationship either. And 100%. it's not going to work long longevity, long term. Well, I spoke to Sean Timmons about this because obviously- but Tim, yeah, I've been talking yeah, to Tim yeah, LA. Yeah. He's a champion. Yeah. Yeah. And he just said to me, look, big down. Yeah. My massive thing is, is that for two or three grand, Pulling these fucking kids yeah. out of school, like if they're local down at Dapto or yeah. Rilla or down in the down in Wollongong or yeah. the Illawarra, and they, you're moving them to Queensland or something for for a couple of grand, he goes, it's just fucking well, shit. Well, it shouldn't happen. No, yeah, you know, if you're their their agent, it shouldn't happen. You know, I spoke to one kid, but how's this ha- how's I, this been I, happening? Yeah, so <laughs> I had, and I'm not naming names here, right? But I spoke to this kid who Throw wanted him some in the help. Mud. <laughs> I had spoke to this kid who wanted some help. He go and, and he was in the Roosters system. Right, three or four years ago, the best system apart from Mel, whatever you can argue, but one of the best systems you'll ever ever be in. And he was in favour there. Another team <laughs> offered him an extra thousand dollars a year. Right, thousand thousand dollars a year. His agent moved him from one system to the other, where he was in favour in a strong system where they had him lined up. You know, future first grader. He went and went to another club at that age. What sixteen years of age. For a thousand dollars more a year, is he if you're an agent, break? take his six seven percent out of there. Well, he's asking for help, so he's not happy. You know, <laughs> yeah, obviously, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, not, yeah. He's not. He's not. not happy where he is. Yeah, he's not happy with his guidance that he's yeah. received because it's taken him a couple of years to realise. Well, why would my manager move me from here to? Yeah. From, like, and that's no disrespect to where he went. It's more like you're in that system. Could have cost him two premierships. Yeah, well, for a thousand dollars, like, <laughs> what, and, and the agent would get what six percent of a thousand dollars. Like, mate, yeah. come on, man, yeah. you got to make the the best decision for that human, not yeah. for, uh, you know. And, and, and I think this is that's where, a type of shit, but that yeah. happens. You and, know? I, and I think this is the, um, I guess, the beauty of you know what the NRLPA is doing, you know, yeah. to put these, they're put doing these a great job, put they're these procedures in place. Yeah. Um, but I, th- I think it, you know, you really have to be profiled on what your attention is because, you know, I said sub- not to blow my own trumpet, but when I submitted my, my business plan to, to, to Paul Massey, mm. um, obviously went through the orientation day. He actually said to me, he goes, 
you actually don't go through, have to go through the, la- the interview yeah. process because I'm so impressed with what yeah. you put forward to us. We actually just want to give you your follow yeah, and I'm just straight away. I'm a true believer, Braith, that if you do something with pure passion, yeah. the money will come. That's exactly right. Um, yeah, look, but obviously you do become quite vulnerable coming into a new industry. Yeah, man, and, I'm the same. Yeah. Right, mate, it doesn't matter who you are, what you've done. Mate, you're the new kid at school. Like, yeah. it, like mate, I'm the same. Like, I, I look at it and go, wow, this is a different world. Like, I, I'm, I'm learning every day. I haven't, I haven't attacked it as such as yet, and I don't... Like for me, it's not about that, but still, I, I compared to the golfing world, it's a, it's a different beast, you know, the league, <laughs> mate. It's and a it's, different. And beast. it's crazy because it was a system that you were in for, you know, ten years. Yeah. And it, but I, you know, and, and like most players, you don't pay too much attention of it while you're in it uh, until you get to the back end of your career, and you should be paying attention from day one. <laughs> yeah. <you know? laughs> yeah. Look, and I, I said this in podcast one. Um, you need to understand profit and loss, yeah. and you need to understand who's a good person, who's oh, not a good person. Spot on, man. <laughs> yeah, you're spot on, man. It's, it's it's a small it's a small little piece yeah, of psychology yeah. with human psychology on. It sounds if, so simple, doesn't it? Yeah, <laughs> it's but, true. But if you, if you were to tell a twenty year old Brayton Astor yeah, that, yeah, you know yeah. what I mean. B- yeah. Different story, totally. Yeah. So, mm. um, now, mate, is there is there any any anything you want to give a shout out to? Any charities or anything like that you want to give a shout out no, to? No, nah. nah, we covered the, the the Prince of Wales, and I mean, I'm, I'm pretty passionate about all the suicide prevention, uh, depression, anxiety. Yeah, all, I don't have any, you know. November, I don't have any real direct. I support them all. Yeah, uh, it's something obviously close to my heart. You know, well, I just mentioned it before, but yeah, yeah. And uh, and and Ciro Sports, if you are a a, a, a passionate or yeah. aspiring athlete, yeah. get onto Ciro. You you'd be in good hands with with Braith. Thanks, mate. Um, so yeah, so mate, I um I really appreciate your time. No worries, You're one of the best blokes in the <laughs> world, and I uh, I appreciate it, mate. Thanks, Dale. Loved it, mate. Too easy. Thanks. Thank you for listening, Legends. Make sure you like and subscribe on all your podcasting platforms and head over to Instagram and check us out at to the point underscore podcast. To the point.